Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the world's favourite sanitation podcast. My name's Pete. I'll start this week with a very special workplace shout-out. Caleb and Cooper Bond live over in Prince George, British Columbia. This week they gave their mum Christina a hand to shift and stack 112 bags of salt ready for winter in the yard at Prince George Toilets. Now the boys aren't very old and by no mean feat did they move over two tonnes of rock salt. Fine work, fellas. Keep an eye on the mailbag because I've sent a couple of small gifts your way. This week is a really special episode for me. It's one that I've been wanting and waiting to share for 18 months. Regular listeners will know that I joined forces with Sanitrax International, who became the title sponsor of Get Flushed at a really early stage in the show. Their support has been invaluable, both financially, because that's allowed me to buy equipment, pay for the artwork, pay for the hosting, and obtain a stock of Get Flushed caps and mugs that I send to guests. More importantly, Sanitrax gave me access to their staff, friends and expertise, and they've really welcomed me in as part of their family. The man behind Sanitrax is Marcel Bicker, who's based in the Netherlands. While I talk to Marcel a lot behind the scenes, he's not appeared on the podcast so far. Today, that's going to change, because last week, Marcel joined me in recording the session that I'm going to share. It's a fairly broad-ranging chat. We talked about the history of Sanitrax, Marcel's involvement in the restroom industry, some of the design features that are hidden within Sanitrax modules, and we talked about the state of the market, the future of the events industry, and the way that Sanitrax has rolled over the last two years. Before we meet Marcel, I am incredibly humbled to tell you that Get Flushed has been ranked in the top 5% of the world's podcasts by podcast database Listen Notes. That score is based on all the unique listens and downloads across the different podcast apps. Now, there are over 2.8 million different podcasts and over 50 million podcast episodes in the world. So I really am humbled and blown away that Get Flushed is ranked in the top 5%. I've worked out that if every listener just plays one more episode, we'll probably creep up into the top 3%. I'd like to thank each and every person who's tuned in to the show for sharing their time and their ears, and I'm thinking of ways that we might celebrate that together before the end of the season. I've just launched a range of Get Flush merchandise. The first item is an embroidered baseball cap, and that's available for just $35, including shipping to anywhere in the world. I'm hoping to launch an online shop soon, but you can order a cap by emailing Pete at getflush.online, and you can pay through PayPal. Good morning. Marcel, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. You're really honoured because I never get up this early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) You still sound sleepy. (laughs) Well, I feel a bit sleepy. We've been hightailing it down through the back of the country over loads of mountain passes, trying to get to Wellington to get on the ferry on Sunday morning at 6am. So this is good practice for Sunday. Well, if you want to lay down for just an hour more and have a coffee, I'm totally fine if I'm good to go now, and I've woken everybody else up already, so I'm here, you're here, let's do it. (laughs) How are you anyway? How have you been keeping? Oh, in the last month, a a lot of things happened. Now, actually, the vision for 2022 is becoming a bit more clear, which is very positive about next year, and we opened the rental division in the UK for promotional purposes. We never really wanted to rent because we're a manufacturing and sales company. But Carol was doing a great job in sales. He's responsible for Europe, Middle East, and Africa. But he also faced COVID, so all the markets closed down. So he said, yeah, what are we going to do? I can try to sell. He was looking for different markets. We tried. We went to the Middle East. Probably, I think that's going to end up very positive. 
on the other hand, the UK market was opening up and all the festivals wanted to rent out equipment, but we didn't rent and nobody, everybody, the potential customers were hesitating. Yeah, can we do the investment? Shall we do it? Shall we wait? The result was that they waited, but we ended up with the rental contract. They don't like to rent from companies abroad, so we had to open up a company in the UK. And we rented out equipment in cooperation with our Swedish customer because it was standing and doing nothing. And Carol, I think, did an amazing job. That took a lot of attention. That was a bit of a, a strategy change. And now we're going to see how we're going to do that next year. How did you get it from Sweden to the UK, Marcel? I think it was something like 10 truckloads. So the whole operation basically this year costed a lot of money. And it also has to go back. So we're trying to figure out how we're going to do that right now. Maybe we find a customer in the UK that wants to continue with the rental contracts that we have. That was the original goal. Or we just ship it back. But there is no rush. I mean, the event season is over. We have until uh, May next year to decide. The good news is that we expected 2020 to be a great year, the best ever. We expected, I think, something like 30% over 2019. So we started to make stock already end of 2019. Now, the result is that it's two really slow years, but I am very positive how everything went. We kept the whole team motivated and we innovated new products that we didn't disclose yet. And we got new customers. Uh, New Zealand is an example. Norway is an example. We sold in Canada and to a new customer in the US. Those, of course, are smaller sales than 2019. But in my opinion, very significant, and that gave us also the confidence that we're on the right track. People do care about quality and about hygiene. And if we get more smaller customers in a customer base, yeah, when this pandemic is over, I think they will all scale up. And that will result in more sales. And I expect that all to happen in 2022. So, yeah, I am all in all very positive. The one thing that's come through over the last year, Marcel, is that everyone who's used Senatrex is really impressed. The feedback from the air vote at the PGA Valero Texas Open was absolutely incredible. Here you go. We're thinking how to market it. So we had a lot of plans for 2020 marketing-wise. We put those kind of things really on hold. But you're right. If a festival has used them once or has seen the product, then they're really hooked up to it. And then they see the benefits over a conventional plastic toilet. Still, there are many events that want to give it a try and want to see it and want to try it slowly on one toilet bank and then next year they scale up. I think I touched on this in a previous episode. You're actually dealing with 40 or 50 years of cultural norm that people have got used to plastic cabins and they're really deeply entrenched in their ways. And it's such a fundamental human activity going to the bathroom. But when you start to change their fundamental habits of a lifetime, I think a lot of people genuinely struggle with it, Marcel. And it's only the ones who are forward thinking and have an eye on the quality. And let's be honest, quality hasn't always been a priority for the restroom industry. You've seen that thousands of times in the standard of toilets that you encounter in festivals and at events. I think you're changing the paradigm and I'm disappointed that it's been such a slow two seasons for you, but I'm not entirely shocked. I agree. A lot of the restroom operators I've spoken to have deployed their float. All the toilets that they would hold in reserve for events have gone to construction sites or other facilities where they've called, instead of having one restroom, they've called for two or three. So there's just not a lot of spare capacity at the moment. I think there are still less events than 2019 in the UK this year, but still there was a huge need for more sanitation. So a lot of those restroom operators probably 
have that equipment all rented out on, on, on different jobs, maybe the construction market or something, or they just wanted to have our product. That's maybe also an uh, explanation, but it created a gap for us to jump in. I think next year, if, if you hear what is in the, in the books for planning-wise for festivals that are being now already promoted and tickets being sold, is that there will be way more new festivals and there will be a huge shortage on, on sanitation and probably also all other kinds of products for festivals. So that these are the next few months. Everybody has to really prepare for that. So that, that will be the challenge. You can't prepare for festivals next Easter in February. You need to be planning for those now because of the lead-in time to deliver new units. A complicated hurdle will now also come because all cost prices have risen a lot. And now we have to communicate this to our customers that, yes, you know, we're really sorry, but uh, the products are, um, yeah, have become more expensive. We can't do anything about it. We hope the cost price will lower again. And then we will, of course, also lower our sales prices. If I now look back also on a personal level, I'm very happy how things went. I mean that from the, from the bottom of my heart because 2019 was, was just work, 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 a lot of work. And now we also came a little bit to a standstill and thinking, going, where should we focus on? What should we innovate? Uh, which markets should we prioritize? I think the relationship with the customers, that is really good. I'm super happy with how they communicate to us. I'm super thankful for that. Yeah, I think we have great years ahead and that gave a lot of confidence. We only have to make now the right decisions, what to do and what not to do. The last few months of the year, uh, I've been to the U.S. Uh, a month ago uh, to personally finally see them. I really felt that it is so important to see people face to face. I mean, I personally really like it to just sit and have a coffee with them and go to dinner and hear their first-hand feedback, depth in the product development, that part of the business I love. And you cannot do that by Skype or Zoom. You're not a big social media poster. You're quite a shy and reserved fella, I think. But I saw the post come up that you're on the way to the US. And I was like, whoa, how's he managed that? Everyone else has been <laughs> locked down for two years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Marcel's on a plane on the way to the States. <laughs> Good effort. Well, I must say, Pete, it was a struggle. I had to quarantine myself in Costa Rica. So uh, it was a burden. There are worse places on the planet to be for a few days. Uh, so, so. Did you have a room with a beach as well? As far as I did my research, I could go for 14 days either to Costa Rica or to Mexico. And then for some reason, you can travel into the U.S. when you're vaccinated with a PCR test. And then you don't need any quarantine. And it worked, I must say. I travel slowly from the West Coast to the East Coast to see all the customers, then cross the border at Niagara to also to see our Canadian customer. Uh, so I actually went also into Canada and then uh, I then flew back. And I must say, I, I loved it. And now in November, um, I think the borders are opening up again. I think that makes travel a bit more easy. I'm just incredibly impressed that you managed to do that. And it's no mean feat. We, you know, Listeners shouldn't underestimate the difficulty of getting from Holland to America and then back. Did you have to quarantine when you got back to Holland? No, that's the fun thing. Look, if I would have come back from Costa Rica, back to the Netherlands, I had to quarantine for 14 days. But for some weird reason, if you travel out of the US back to the Netherlands, you don't have to. Good work. You know, you've sponsored the show for the last three seasons and that support's been fabulous. Thank you very much for your trust and faith in me. I'm very happy that you gave us also the opportunity to sponsor the show. The main reason is because I really like that new things come into the market. That's what drives me, and that's why I really appreciate also what you're doing. You've never appeared on the show. Did you want to just give a little bit of background how Marcel has managed to develop and innovate to produce Sanitrace? 
I know you've asked a couple of times and, and I would have loved to do that, but there's a multiple reasons. Either we were too busy, but that's actually a bad excuse. But on the other hand, also, I'm not the one that is really active on, on social media in the publicity. I like the part of the product development and talks with the customers. Yeah, I think that's why also the first interview was taken so long for, for that we could finally do this. I'm very happy that we are involved in your podcast. I think it was a great match because I never seen a podcast about sanitation before. And that's why it, I was actually really interested in it because it, it shows that this market is innovating and um, that matches really well with what we are doing on the sanitation market for festivals that, uh, that we are changing. We're trying to change the market to, to offer more hygienic products that the customers have a better experience on the festivals. That was actually the, the main start of Sanitrax. We're seeing so many people complaining about the not hygienic uh, solutions on festivals. And that should be a location, a festival where you enjoy your life and you're having a good time with your friends and, um, and having a beer and enjoy the music. I'm not saying that a toilet should be like a super pleasurable place to go to, but at least you shouldn't worry about it, let's say. And that is, um, I think, uh, in the start of the, the, the product development. That's exactly where the podcast started, because I was thinking exactly the same thing. And it's amazing that we're on different continents, different time zones, and we both had the same perception that something had to change. I chose to deal with that by talking about it. And all credit to you, you decided to design and develop, market and produce a vacuum flushing restroom solution. When I first looked at the Sanitrax website, first thing that struck me was the fact that you can collapse it down. That was an absolutely genius piece of engineering. Well, thank you. Because when we looked at the very beginning, most of the sanitation on festivals were chemical toilets or plastic toilets. Making a toilet, in my opinion, that is totally not complicated. Everybody can basically buy some components. You, know, you build a few toilets, you build some containers, and you see that all over the world, there are many different toilet solutions for temporary setups. Everything that's better than a basic plastic toilet, which is a great product if you place it, let's say, in a construction site or a very remote place, yeah, I think it's a very good solution. But if you have masses of people going to festivals that long queues and a huge stream of people need for a restroom, then I think the flushing toilet is a way better solution. Now, everybody can also make, again, a flushing toilet, so that's also not a problem. And you see that, like a 20-foot container or a trailer with some flushing toilets in it. But then you have automatically the problem of what are you going to do with all the wastewater? That's a huge volume stream compared to a plastic toilet if you put a conventional flushing toilet in it. So that was just a cost factor because also that is not a problem. You just place a lot of pumps and some water buffer tanks and you discharge everything. Now, if it's technically not a problem, then it will be cost-wise probably a huge difference between doing all that infrastructure over a plastic conventional toilet. That's where the vacuum part came in. So there are suppliers on the planet that produce vacuum pumps and vacuum toilets. And so that technology has also proven itself on cruise ships, buildings and other sites. So that technology by itself is also not new. So you solve the problem of the wastewater streams on the festivals. And then you have the last problem is, in my opinion, to reduce the cost of bringing the product from A to B. Because you have uh, the recurring cost that you have to bring the products from your yard to the festival or from Festival A to Festival B, or you bring it first back to the yard. In my opinion, that was done in a really inefficient way. A conventional plastic toilet, they take a square meter roughly, so you can put how many on a truck on average, I think 22 on a big trailer. 
in many countries they use smaller trailers, so you have maybe six or I don't know, a number in between. But still, that's in my opinion very inefficient. Most of the toilet is filled with air, and that's what you're transporting. If you compare that with a toilet trailer that has, for example, 10 toilets inside or less, or a container that has 12 or even 14, still, that's not very efficient. So that's where the idea came up to make them collapsible and stackable so that you can transport more on the truck and on your yards, where in some situations they're close to cities and you know, the portable operators have to rent or have the square meters available. That was a very important part of the design phase. Now, also, the fact that if you make something that you have to bring to a festival, you also reduce the amount of trucks that are going to the festival. So also the setup of the site, most of the time, is a small, like a park or, for, let's say, park in London, and then you have to build it up in a few days. A lot of suppliers are involved, and I think an event promoter wants to have as less truck movements back and forth on the site for all kinds of reasons, so not to damage the grass, for example, not to have a big jam uh, or to build the festival up and because they have a limited amount of days. So it has to be simple. You just go with the truck, you offload the stuff with the forklift. One guy that offloads the equipment, uh, if you really want to do it in a fast way, you have two other guys that uh, take out the doors from the back. You raise the module, you put the doors in the front, and with the forklift, like small legal blocks, you just connect them. And the truck leaves again. Then you have a setup of 60 toilets, let's say, connected to the pump. That system fits all on the same truck. And you can have that ready to go in, well, I always say three hours. But if I listen to our customers that have a bit more experience, they can tell you uh, a lower number. So that way you reduce the recurring cost all the time. Also, at the end of the festival, everything is flushed. So the system is empty. There is no wastewater inside. Nowadays, we also make, without remote monitoring, the system that you can remotely flush all the toilets from the furthest to the closest to the tech module. So everything has been cleaned. You can rinse the modules and then you can basically lower them with the same team. The truck comes, you put the units on the truck and you leave again in the same three hours again. Talking with the boys at Prestige, they used it for the first time in January this year, I think. And that's exactly what they said, that the first time they put it all together... It took them a while and they were very careful to make sure it was all done properly. But after that, it was very straightforward. Well, I'm very happy to hear. And can you imagine, normally when we sell equipment, we also send an engineer to train the local team, the customer. And due to COVID, we were not able to do so with Precise Loose. They basically are using the equipment without that they have been trained face-to-face. That all happened via email, via video call. And still everything works out because it's not complicated. The guy that has been trained to use a forklift and tries it a few times, yeah, you, you become handy and uh, you know what to do. And then you see that the basis is made out of a solid steel frame that's galvanized. And there are some simple small design features in, but those are really make it very easy to handle the product in the field. The outer corners, they extend a bit. So even if you make a line and you push them all together, you don't damage the modules. And it's very neat, both when it's collapsed down and stored in the yard and when it's deployed on the ground at an event. The feature of having the doors hang on the back of the chassis when it's folded down was very clever as well. There's high potential for the doors to be damaged, but they're all protected with inside the chassis when it's collapsed, aren't they? That was also uh, one of the design features. And another 
benefit of that is normally if you have a toilet stall, then the upper half of the walls and the ceiling, that doesn't really become dirty. So the bottom and the floor, of course, that can come from sand or mud, and that you can also clean out while the unit is lowered. So you don't need to completely unpack the whole product on your yard to clean the whole thing. And that saves a lot of man hours also. So you can visually inspect the module from the outside. You see the bowl. If everything is complete, you could replace the spare parts if needed. And you're ready to go to the next event. All the parts that you need are in that same frame. As long as you put the three doors in the back, there are no other loose parts. There's nothing to lose, and it's all stuck. So you load them on the truck. You put the two straps, and it's, it's, it's a safe steel box that you load it on a truck and it's ready to go on the highway. Just the mechanics of that for listeners, when the module is collapsed, the upper walls sit outside the lower walls, so you've still got a, an opening at the front of the toilet and you can get in with the hose and cleaning. I've, I've seen that and it's actually a really clever feature, Marcel. Thank you. That was one of the design features to rinse it out from the front when the unit is collapsed. And just on that, I know that you have hooked up with Airvote to use the stickers at the Valero Open. Have, have you pushed Airvote into any other units in the fleet? That could really work, that system of Airvote. We are, of course, the manufacturer of the module. So our customers could work with Airvote, but I don't really see how we can work with them as a manufacturer of the product. You do make a good point. That's a, more of a feature for the operator rather than the manufacturer. Yeah, I think so, because um, let's assume that people vote or put comments. And as far as I understood from uh, from AirVote is that uh, you can get the push matches when, when some services needed. Yeah, that's great, but that's information for the operator and not for the manufacturer, I think. Did you want to talk about some of the other products that you've developed alongside the restroom stalls? Uh, yeah, the system was designed. It all started with a restroom stall with a three-stall Sandtrax retractable module with vacuum toilets inside. To complete that, in the same frame, we made the tech module, the technical brain of the system. In the same footprint of the toilet module, we also made a urinal module. You have actually eight urinal positions in the same footprint as a three-stall toilet module. And the same we did with a wash basin module that also has eight positions four on each side so that you can make that as a divide module in between the female part of the toilet group and the male part of the toilet group. Besides that, there is a ADA model that has a double footprint of two three-stall toilets. So everything has the same basically frame size on the bottom so you can easily transport them, forklift them around. And a VIP loo, a more luxurious module, mostly placed on the back sides of the toilet groups for the artists, for example, or for a more VIP event. Also, again, in the same frame size. What's the difference with the VIP unit, Marcel? Has it got extra features? The VIP module is a two-stall. It has its sink inside the stall itself. So each stall has its own sink and a mirror. And it's a little bit bigger on the inside as well. And um, it also can be fitted with showers. So instead of a toilet bowl, you can, you can have two showers in it. So that gives you great versatility. Yeah, that's exactly an example that came as feedback from our Swedish customer. He was involved with the original development of that first prototype. And he came with the question, like, during the lifetime of the product change from a shower to a toilet, so that they can basically, with the same module, can use it as efficiently as possible to have a more quick return on my investment. So that was a bit of the thinking behind that. In the same stall, we could either fit a toilet or a shower. A follow-on question to that, Marcel, which is if you have a shower, then I'm presuming you've found a way to pour hot water to the taps. 
on the VIP loose. There's uh, electric water heaters. That's just an on-demand water heater because it's a low volume always. For the shower stalls that we made recently, uh, that's the last product I think that we also sold to the US and to Canada. Those are two stalls, just showers. And those you can hook up in the whole line. And those are heated by preheated water. So the water heater has been supplied in this situation by our customer. They already have that equipment. So the shower is connected to a uh, pre-mixed water supply. Did you want to talk about the construction module? We made, I think, one prototype that's ready to go. But on the other hand, yeah, we focus so much on the event industry. That the event industry is our core business at this moment. And that's the product that we know the best. And we, we, we sell into the market. To be honest, it's hard to beat a plastic toilet on a construction site. You know, they're tough, they're durable, they're reasonably cheap. Nobody's going to lose any sleep if one gets written off. And they're really functional. So properly maintained, I don't see that there's a problem. In the past, I have been uh, involved in a rental operation as well. I've cleaned myself a lot of porta potties. As I said also earlier, I think it's a great product and it has its place. And so do toilet trailers or suites or toilet containers. And so do skid systems like Sanitrax. I think it all complements, and our system as it is right now, for example, I don't see that being used at the construction site. I mean, the system that we have at the moment is made for a bank of toilets with a central pump station. A construction site where you need one toilet, that's not where you place a bank of 60 Sanitrax toilets. But you never know eh, what was in the pipeline for us to develop. Or maybe we are very close to the perfect product for the construction site and also being able to offer great hygiene and comfort for construction workers who also, I think, deserve a great spot for themselves. So um, you never know. We developed actually far more modules than we actually now speak about. There's a whole line of product waiting actually to go, but uh, everything has to be ready to introduce them to the market. We made a whole module that is a little bit smaller. The whole Centrax product line has also been designed that regular flush toilets are inside, either with, on the left side, let's say, a toilet, a sink in the middle, and a urinal position on the right side. That all has been designed. Hopefully next year things will lift up and you'll start to make those inroads in the States. I think the culture in the US is quite different to the culture that you find in Europe. I also originally thought that things in Europe develop faster than in the US, innovation-wise. But if I now look at the reality, our biggest customers are in the U.S. And Live Nation, for example, adopted the product in a very quick way. And they rolled it out to all of their main events. So I respect them greatly for doing that. And they see the hygienic benefit and the, uh, the, the customer experience increase. And that happened in the U.S. So I can't really tell that innovation in the U.S. goes slower than in, in Europe. The reality has shown that it is the other way around. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Live Nation realized a huge uplift in alcohol sales after they deployed Sanitrax, didn't they? Because the ladies were more willing to use the restrooms, whereas they might not use plastic portable toilets. And they weren't in queues for such a long time trying to get to the bathroom. So that they saw a direct economic benefit to the event, which the restroom operator might not appreciate. Yeah, and there have also their benefits probably also that they have more first-hand contact with their customer. And the portable restroom operator is probably one step further away from that because the event promoter has 
yeah, they are in direct contact with their with their customers, like the, the the people that actually go to the event. I think back to some of the events I worked, and we deployed the restrooms, and then we were completely out of the way, and even not on site at all, unless there was a mid-event service. So you're absolutely right; the restroom operator doesn't tend to have that first-hand contact with the user. Also, I can tell you a story. That's a long time ago. I went actually to an event in the UK. I happened to see some restrooms scattered all over the parking site and then some banks next to the entrance and also on the on the event itself. They were all covered in the graffiti. I also always look how people behave around restrooms. And I was then seeing a few women that actually wanted to go to those restrooms and they came back and they didn't use them. So I asked them, why didn't you use them? And they said, we're not, we don't want to use them. And we took some medication actually to sweat more so that we don't need to go to the restroom. No way. I kid you not. And then I was thinking, oh, this is a bit too much. People really want to have a solution. In this situation, that has nothing really to do with the product itself. That has to do with the fact that they are really maintained and cleaned. They go to the event to see the artist or to watch the game. They don't go to fret about restrooms. And nobody should be doing that, should they? The easiest way to ruin your event is to have poor sanitation. It really is. Yeah, and in my opinion, it's such a simple thing to solve. Well, you certainly have solved it with Sanitrax and hopefully it will become a standard fixture, not for every restroom at every event, but certainly for those events with an eye on quality and an eye on the experience of their event goers. I think it's really hard to beat Marcel. Well, I agree. Let's start with those and then let's do our very best to let all the others follow. Thanks for your time, Marcel. I always enjoy talking to you. Likewise. Thank you very much. Speak soon. Thanks, Pete. Bye-bye. As I said at the start, Marcel prefers to leave the marketing to other members of his team. I'd like to thank him not only for supporting Get Flushed as the title sponsor, but for stepping outside to join me on that call. Please visit Sanitrax.com if you'd like to know more about the system or contact Marcel and the team about Sanitrax Solutions. Please remember to vote for Get Flushed in the New Zealand Podcast Awards. Voting is open until the 5th of November and I'll put a link in the notes for today's show. Once again, thank you for your time. I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed.